My name is John Leo. In 2014, at the tender age of 22, I found out I had depression. I remember what the GP said to me. You're sick. And these pills, they'll help, but they won't fix it. You need to speak to somebody. For the next six years, I would be in and out of consistent therapy. And also, within that span of years, I would begin to train as a counsellor with an achievable goal of one day becoming a therapist myself. Where do you join me in my journey? I'm now 28. I have developed a very particular set of skills. I've learnt coping mechanisms, explored modalities of therapy, dipped my toe into the sea of philosophy, and constantly sought to explore what reality and life means to me. Despite how very much too full of myself this all sounds, I am still a victim to myself, a casualty to overthinking. It's odd, isn't it, to find out that thinking too much is bad for your health? I don't know where it came from, but I always idolised the idea of being a great thinker. Muhammad Ali may seem immortal to our generation, but his legacy pales in comparison to Socrates, the man who gave us the very relevant quote of, the unexamined life is not worth living. I guess, like with any master in any field, you presume that to be great means to do the thing a lot. But as I say that, overtraining is certainly an obvious issue for great athletes, and moderation matters. It stands to reason that, yeah, being stuck in your head all the time, probably not great for personal development. Before I started going to therapy, I began doing something called reflective journaling, which is a more pretentious way of saying I had a diary. Instead of obsessing over the thoughts circling my brain, I would use my inclination to write and ramble and put that to good use. I wrote detailed accounts of my days, what happened, and how I emotionally felt at the time. Here's an excerpt from a piece of writing that has never been seen or heard before. Dated 8th of March 2014, 2.35am. Arriving home late last night after a long day of walking around and photographing, I found myself incredibly tired this morning when I woke up. I had things to do though, so I dragged myself out of bed and got on with it. At about midday I got a phone call asking on my availability to shoot an event last minute. I took on the job for the sake of money, and since the day was nice, I didn't mind going out and doing something productive. As soon as I arrived home though, I felt incredibly tired. On my own at this point, as my flatmates were spending the night in a hotel, I felt a sense of loneliness that sat quite uncomfortably with me. Maybe it was the silence in the house more than the lack of physical presence. Giving into my body's want for rest, I went upstairs and had a nap. I woke up around 9, 10 o'clock, with a heightened sense of anxiety and paranoia. This was most unwelcome, since I had taken my medication before going to sleep and assumed my mood would only improve for the good place I found myself in throughout the day. Knowing I was alone in the house didn't help this scared feeling I felt wrapped around me. I felt terribly insecure, and all of a sudden, the fears I had came rushing back. I found it odd how my brain will switch its ability to deal with these thoughts, hour by hour. Sometimes, I feel a calming sense of acceptance. Other times, it's a paranoia that grips me, as if to wake me up and tell me to get it fixed. In these moments, I find my thought process goes back to the most basic level of trying to understand life. Any and all sense of mystery and magic disappears, and I become just an organism that by chance has developed consciousness. 
I view the earth from a universal view. I can't stay within my eyesight. Instead, I daydream about the way the universe came to be and how one day it will be no more. And then, in the middle, somewhere, is my own existence, which ends up feeling very small and impersonal. I'm worried at the moment, because this next month is going to be very busy, and the last thing I want is to have anxiety attacks about the pointlessness of life. I feel like my medication needs to be put up a few milligrams, but that's probably just me getting anxious and trying to shut out my brain's cries for help. I wish this would just go. Gonna be honest, that's the first time in six years that I've read that, and that final sentence stings a bit. I can attach myself to the emotions I felt when I wrote it, and it hurts to inform 22-year-old me that sadly, it doesn't go away. At this point in my story, everything was great. Life, living, wasn't a particularly nice experience. Not only was I wearing a suit made of premium-grade existential anxiety, I had developed an ever-worsening sense of time disassociation. I couldn't fixate on the here and now. To give you a brief insight into it, imagine that your life is constantly dictated by this feeling of grief. Grief for the end of every action you encounter. The cup of tea you made? You don't remember drinking it, but you're painfully aware that it's over. The shower you took to relax yourself? It's already over, and now you need to dry yourself off. The conversation you're trying to hold with a close friend. Every word spoken to you, a word, a noise, now lost to time. My perception of time had shifted, off-center, by a few seconds, and oh boy, that was an experience. Writing helped bring me back. In a weird way, journaling allowed me to relive the day's highlights, gave me a second chance to appreciate the good times. Similarly, I waded into the lows, and rather than obsess around a specific thought, I got to put it outside of myself and explore it more. Rereading some of those journal entries just now has made me realise just how narrow and negative my thought patterns were at the time. Reading between those lines, it's no wonder I'd lost my vitality for life. So, what's the point in saying all of this? Episode 0, what you're listening to right now, is the long-form elevator pitch for the show. Excessive Rumination is a podcast I've wanted to do for a while, inspired by incredible authors like Andrew Solomon and Alan Watts, and lesser-known gems of humanity like Michael Swaim, with his own exceptional mental health podcast, Tales from the Pit. Within the time you spend with me, I'd like to talk candidly about mental health. Not to stroke my own ego, but that the conversation around mental health might become a little less uncomfortable, that it might help others to speak up. The format of the show will change, the mortar that keeps this together is the topic of mental health, but how that presents itself will be malleable. I hope to have mental health professionals come on and chat about their own experiences, but likewise I'd like to talk to friends and strangers alike, those who are willing to open up and share their insight into the most prevalent disability in the world. According to the World Health Organization, depression is the leading disability in the world, with more than 264 million people worldwide diagnosed and you can be sure that there's considerably more that go unaccounted for. Seems odd that we aren't more candid about our mental health now, isn't it? 
From my perspective, the challenge of talking about mental health is twofold. One, this quote from Andrew Solomon sums it up pretty well. I will not detail how everything fell apart, because to those who have known wasting sickness, this will be clear, and to those who have not, it remains as inexplicable as it was to me when I was 25. Basically, if you've never experienced it, it's really difficult to wrap your head around. And believe me, I get it. It can just look like moaning and looking for pity. I empathize with those who have not experienced poor mental health. <laughs> what a mad concept. But, like how I, a white man from the island of Jersey, shouldn't turn myself away from the plight of African Americans in a country divided by racism simply because our skin isn't the same color, it is a social responsibility for us to listen to those with a different perspective. You don't have to agree with me, but maybe, and as long as I'm always honest with you, you can take something positive into your life from this. The second issue with talking about mental health is that, I've noticed, when someone is in the sweet spot of low mood, they have an agency about them to talk about it. However, should their mood swing too dramatically one way or the other, that interest quickly wanes. A lot of content surrounding depression and mental health comes from a place of the author projecting their own desire to be heard. It's not uncommon for someone to want to fly the flag of mental health one moment, to quickly put it to one side once their own battles have been momentarily won. I don't begrudge a cry for help, however it manifests. All that matters is that it's heard. Better a cry for help than to be cried for because you were silent. I've had to check myself for this. My interest is to create an ongoing series about mental health exploration, and that certainly doesn't succeed if the only reason I'm doing it is because I'm in a state of low mood and I'd like to talk about it. Mental health has manifested itself across so much of culture, from first-hand accounts to obscure artwork, music, film, television, poetry, theatre. It exists so prominently in our society, though so often goes unrecognised, pushed to the fringe. Excessive rumination is created with the mindset of helping change that, in some small way. That's just the plan right now. I don't have specific goals, just that for some of you listening right now, and in the future, whether you're suffering internally, or whether you just want to understand this disability a bit more, you're given something to connect with. By the way, it's okay if calling mental health a disability makes you feel uncomfortable. I know it does for me, and I've lost days of my life to it. What does that say about the stigma of mental health? Excessive rumination will be candid, but always presented with humour and a sense of positivity. It's designed to be helpful, not a hindrance, that we can connect through shared experience and be better for it. Check back soon for episode one.